is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So are you enjoying this series as we spend time looking at Jubilee values? I, I certainly am. It's been really... Uh, really good to look at some of these things again. Some of them are things that we've uh, looked at in, in the past, or certainly touched on in the past. But it's been good to uh, give a series looking at uh, looking at some of these things that are important to us. It was great to have uh, Paul speaking about prayer last week, and this morning we move on to look at the subject of generosity. So if you're making notes, your title for this morning is Generosity. Now, who loves to be around generous people? Yeah? I mean, if you're out for an evening, maybe you're out with friends uh, at a bar or a restaurant, uh, maybe you're having a few drinks after work, or maybe you've gone out for a meal uh, with some friends and um, you know the bill's starting to rack up and you're thinking... I hadn't quite planned for it to be like this, but you know, it's, uh, those, that, that starter was more expensive than I thought it was going to be. And I really want the steak, but oh, I'm just going to do it. And then suddenly when the bill comes in, one of your friends says, hey, don't worry about this. This is on me. You want to be around that person, don't you? Yeah. you know, maybe, maybe you are that person. <laughs> maybe you are. I'm looking for invitations. Steak is particularly welcome. But, you know, we love to be around people like that, don't we? Uh, and actually, maybe for some of us, maybe you like to be that person on occasions uh, when you're able to be. I think often we make the assumption that in order to be generous, you have to be wealthy. And I don't think that's true. Because generosity isn't actually to do with the size of your bank balance. It's to do more with the size of your heart. And so what we're going to look at this morning is what uh, the Bible says about some of these things. We're going to look at uh, subjects of generosity and go on to look at what the Bible has to say about giving. Now, if you're visiting us this morning, let me just say this. You might be thinking, oh gosh, is, is all this church talks about, is it money? Well, actually, let me give you a little bit of uh, context. The last time we looked at anything like this sort of subject uh, was back in March when we were going through our series in Mark's Gospel. And then before that, it was in the February of the year before. In 2022. So I don't think it's a subject we tackle very often. If anything, I'd probably argue we don't talk about it enough. Money, giving, generosity, treasure, wealth, these were all themes that Jesus often talks about. In fact, he talks about those sort of things more than anything else, apart from the kingdom of God. Wow. Out of the 39 parables, 11 talk in some way about these sort of subjects, about money and generosity and giving and so on. 
So I don't think it's too much in terms of how often we talk about it. And uh, we'll look at what the Bible has to say this morning. So shall we pray and then get into it? Uh, Father, we thank you that you have been speaking to us already this morning. Thank you for your presence, your goodness and grace. Uh, And we pray, Lord, that you would uh, illuminate your word to us. Father, would it come alive to us in a fresh way this morning? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So have you ever wondered, why is it that Jesus spent so much time talking about these sort of things? Why was it so high on his, on his radar? Well, I think it's probably to do with the fact that you can tell a lot about someone by looking at what they do with their money. You know, if I was to take your bank statements or credit card statements in the last few months, you know, and I was to look through it, I, I could probably tell quite quickly what's important to you. Because what you spend your money on is a reflection of, of what's important. It reveals something of your heart. Now, we'll get to where the Bible has things to say about money and about giving, but let's just think about this subject of generosity to start with, because that's where it starts. And generosity starts with God himself, isn't it? We worship and serve a generous God. The Bible tells us that God is generous. His generosity is everlasting. He's the one who gave us his son. That's pretty generous. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He is one who made it possible for you and I to have a relationship with God himself. He's the one who gave us his Holy Spirit to indwell us, to comfort us, to empower us. He's the one who gave us his creation to steward and care for. God is undeniably generous. And you and I are made in his image, aren't we? We're made in the image of God. That's what the Bible tells us. So guess what? We're called to be generous as well. And that's not just a finance thing. You, know, you might think about people who are generous with their time. You know, they always have time for you. If you phone them or you bump into them, they, they've always got time for you. They always give you their full attention. They're, they're generous with their time. Always happy to help. Don't you love people like that? Maybe you're like that. And what about perhaps with your home, where you live? Are you, are you generous with that? Are you welcoming of others into it? You can probably think about those who are generous with their possessions, with things that they own, always happy to lend or to share the things that God has given them. You know, I can think of at one time some years ago when we were loaned a car for a week. We needed a second car for a week because of stuff that was going on in life. And someone in the church said, here, here have my car for a week. That's sort of one up from borrowing someone's lawnmower, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's generous. It causes us to be generous with the things that we own. In fact, our attitude to the things that we own and how we treat them and how, whether we allow others to use them as well actually says a lot about us. 
says something about our heart and are we really generous? But what about finance particularly? What, what about money and how does that fit into this area of, of generosity? <clears throat> well, if you're newer to Jubilee, uh, let me just say this. Um, I don't know what people give. So I can talk about this subject and look you in the eye and not know, you know whether you're the most generous giver in the church or you've never given anything or you're somewhere in between. I just don't know that. So I'm not sitting looking at lists of, who's giving this and who's giving that? I'd rather be able to preach it and talk about it freely without having that sort of information. And it means that I can talk about a subject like this without hopefully anybody saying, oh, they're getting at me. If you feel like that this morning, it's not me, it might be God. Because I don't have that level of information, but he does. Jubilee is a registered charity, so uh, we submit accounts every year to the Charity Commission. Uh, We have currently four trustees who oversee our finances. Uh, Adam, who's been hosting this morning, uh, Sandra Amonia, who is uh, over there, Uh, Sandy Manek-Tyler, who's not here this morning, and myself. And we're about to add to that group uh, somebody else as well, which will give us a group of five. Those of you who are four plus one, I thought that was just, just, just help you there. Okay, uh, that's why I'm a trustee. Um, <laughs> but actually, that's quite important for us because what it will mean is that on that trustee board and those of us who are uh, overseeing our f- uh, finances of the church, Adam and I are in the minority. Will be in the minority. There'll be three other people who are not elders, so we're not just able to just push anything through that we think as elders might be the right thing. Actually, there's a process of talking about things and and seeking God together and being accountable, which is absolutely right. So having said all that background, what does the Bible say? That's what you really want to know, isn't it? What does the Bible say about these things? Well, our starting point has to be that it's all God's. It's all His. Everything is His. Anyway, Psalm 24 puts it in a much better way than that. It says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. The earth is his. Everything in it, all who live in it. So whilst we talk about things that we own and and possessions and so on, really... We're just like stewards looking after some stuff for a while. Three score years and ten, or a bit more, or a bit less. We're just looking after some things, actually for somebody else, because it's all his. It all belongs to him. And if we get that foundation right in our lives, in our heart, then that's very freeing. And it gives us something to build on. It's a great foundation to build on. Whatever you have actually isn't really yours. It is his, but it's on loan to you for a season. Because guess, guess what? Whatever it is, 
whether it's cash or cars or houses or tech or whatever it might be, you don't get to take it with you. But you've got it for a while to look after and to steward well. Now actually, the, the world's perspective and certainly the perspective of advertising is you earn this. It's yours. You, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're owed this is a subliminal message. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it's all his. We get to look after it for a while for him. And that's so helpful because when we come to talk about giving and giving something to God, it's his anyway. <laughs> We're just giving back to him a proportion of what he's given us to look after for a while. And as we do that, the, the proportion that we give to him actually is representative of the whole. Because what it isn't is, well, Lord, I'm going to give you this amount and then I can do what I like with the rest. Actually, it's all his. And he calls us to use all of it wisely and well for his glory. But as we give a proportion to him, we're saying, Lord, this is representative of all of it. This bit I'm giving to you, actually, it's representative of everything. Everything that you've given to me. And so when we give to God, and we so often do that during our worship, and we haven't done this morning, that will become clear why a little bit later. It is part of our worship. In the same way that singing songs is part of our worship, in the same way that living a life that honours God is, is part of our worship, giving to him is also part of our worship as well. So if you're a Christian here this morning, if you know and love Jesus, who is it that's Lord of your life? Who's really in charge? Who gets the final say? about what happens in your life. It's Jesus, isn't it? It's him. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, he is Lord over your life, over every area of your life, or at least he should be Lord over every area of your life. The question is, is he? Is he Lord over everything? Or are there parts of your life where you haven't really let him in yet? Uh, and maybe he's Lord over most of it even. But there might be a few corners where he hasn't quite had access yet. Or maybe he is genuinely Lord over it all. Is he Lord over your money and your finances and how you spend what he's given you? Jesus put it like this in Luke 16, verse 13. He said, No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So what Jesus is saying here is you've got to choose. You've got to pick one. Either you get to serve God or money. The trouble is, too many of us too often think, oh no, well, Jesus didn't really mean that. We can serve both. That's okay. <laughs> and that's when we get ourselves in a bit of a pickle. 
and a mess and get confused about things because Jesus makes it really clear. You cannot serve God and money. You've got to choose one or the other. Which is it going to be? You can only pick one. Is it God or is it money? It's challenging stuff, isn't it? Jesus is making it very challenging here. But the reason he's doing that is he knows what's best for us. And guess what? What's best is having God in charge. Anybody know that? Anybody testify to that? It works out best when God's in charge. It doesn't mean it's always easy when God's in charge. I didn't say that. Because that's not the case. But it will work out best for you when God is in charge. When he's Lord over it all. Now, there are so many passages in Scripture that talk about generosity and giving and our attitude to finances and, and so on. A talk like this, <clears throat> I start by thinking, well, Lord, which one? Like, which passage? There, there, there are so many places that we could go to and so little time that we have. Which one are we going to go to today? Well, the one for today is in 1 Corinthians. So if you've got a Bible... We'll just read some verses um, together. First four verses of 1 Corinthians 16. This will help us understand perhaps some principles for giving. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He says this. Now, about the collection for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I'll give letters of introductions to the men you approve and, and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. Now, like we said, Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. But the principles we see here, we also see elsewhere in his writing, same principles he's given to the Galatian churches. And they're not some random thoughts. These are our well-tested principles that Paul is instructing the church about. He's saying to do what I told the Galatians to do. It's like saying, this is a model for you. So I, I told the guys over there to do it like this. Now, now I'm writing you the same instruction. And you can imagine Paul teaching it in other places as well. So what does he say? What are some principles for us to learn about giving out of these first, out of these few verses in 1 Corinthians 16? Well, firstly, it should be periodic. Paul says on the first day of every week. So it's something that should be regular. It's not just a random thing that happens occasionally. Paul's saying, make it regular. Make it periodic. Now, it's, it's not wrong to react to specific requests, but Paul is talking about something that's a regular pattern of life. Not just a one-off exercise, not just an emotional response, but something that is thought about and planned. So whether it's once a week or once a month, it's probably more to do with, uh, if you work, how often you get paid. But what Paul is saying is, make it regular, make it periodic. 
get into the habit of giving regularly. Secondly, it's personal. He says, each one of you. We're all invited to take part in this. What, what Paul doesn't say is, if you are wealthy, then this is how, what I want you to do. You know, if you've got a healthy bank balance, if your investments are doing well, or whatever the first century equivalent might have been, he doesn't say that. He says, each one of you, every one of you, And so no matter what your financial position is, he's saying, you get to play too. You get to take part in this. You get to be part uh, of what God's able to do. He's not just speaking to the wealthy. So whether you earn a little or earn a lot isn't actually the issue. The issue is your heart. You can still be generous. It's not the size of your salary. It's the size of your heart. So he's saying, every one of you, you'll get, a, you'll get a chance to play at this. He goes on. You should set aside a sum of money. It should be planned. And so it's not just a matter of the, the offering basket going round and you're thinking, oh gosh, I didn't put any change and I haven't got any cash anyway. And what is cash? Who uses that? And how do I really straggle round? Don't make it just a reaction. Make it planned. Think about it in advance. Planned giving is thoughtful. Planned giving has been prayed about. If you're married, planned giving has been discussed with your spouse. Proverbs 21 verse 5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. Don't be hasty in these things. Be, be planned. Think about it in advance. Pray about it and Ask God for his perspective. But how much should it be? Well, Paul uh, helps us with that as well. He said, set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. So he's not saying about a particular amount. He's saying, just make it in, in proportion, in keeping with your income. So a common question is, well, how much should I give? Well, maybe a better question is, how much should I keep? Remember, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything in heaven and earth is yours, we're told in 1 Chronicles 29 verse 11. So so how much should we give? Well, in the the Old Testament, uh, the people of God uh, were instructed to tie. That was giving God uh, a 10%. And there are a number of verses we could look at if we had the time this morning, which we don't, to expand that a little bit more. Actually, it would have been more than 10% because there was other giving at particular times as well for certain festivals and so on. But if you want a number, 10 is a pretty good one to start with. But it is a starting point for them. Well, you might go, well, Actually, if that was Old Testament law, we're not under that now. Does that still apply to us? Well, what's really interesting is that the first account we see in Scripture of someone giving a tenth is actually before we see Old Testament law. It's pre-law. It's in the account of Melchizedek when Abraham gives him a tenth of everything in Genesis 14. 
It's six or seven hundred years before Moses gives the law to the people of God. So we can't just write that off and go, oh, Old Testament law. No, 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 actually, it's, we see it in Scripture before the law was given. Before the law was given. And actually, in the New Testament, Jesus had plenty of opportunity to go, listen, guys, don't worry about it. That was just Old Testament times. This is what it is now. But he didn't. That's interesting. Why didn't he do that? There's one occasion in Luke 11 when Jesus is having a go at the Pharisees for tithing their herbs and spices, taking it to the nth degree, but neglecting justice. He didn't tell them to stop tithing. What he did tell them was this. Woe to you, Pharisees, is Luke eleven forty two. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. So what's he going to say? Ditch that, ditch that? No, no, he says this. You should have practiced the latter, which is the justice and love of God, without leaving the former undone. Like, oh, so this was important to Jesus. So if we're talking about sort of figures and percentages, if 10% seemed to be the starting point or a figure at least for the Old Testament people of God, it seems hard for us now living in New Testament times and having received so much more from the Lord and living under his grace and goodness and blessing that could we argue it's any less? Surely, if anything, we've received more from the Lord now. So whilst the New Testament doesn't say, thou shalt give X, whatever it might be, X equals, it does give us some principles to live by. And so it seems that this is a good principle to live by. One that Jesus was happy uh, with, didn't um, say it should be stopped. And so if you're wanting a figure, that seems like a good figure. But depending where you are in your walk with God, depending if this is an area that you've got uh, a real handle on or not, that might be a shock for you or it might be okay, just depending upon your personal circumstances. The Bible speaks of tithes and offerings, recognising that many are in a position to give well above that 10% figure. And so for some of you, if this is an area that's new to you, even thinking about 10% as a figure is going to be a massive stretch. And maybe, and, and that's okay. So maybe there's some steps to be taken towards that over time. But for others of you, depending on your financial circumstances, you know, if the Bible had said 20%, it wouldn't have been too much for a bother. It just depends where you are. But remember, God calls us to be Generous. So what's our heart response in it? So often we can think if, if we've got a, a, a substantial income, God has blessed us with a, with a, with a good job and a, a good salary, we can think, oh, that's just more for a comfortable life. Whereas actually our question should be, Lord, you've given this to me. What do you want me to do with it? How should I use the resources that you've given me, Lord? What should my response be? It's not that we we shouldn't have nice things, but actually the question first is, Lord, you've given this, so what do you want me to do with it? How can I best respond in your kingdom? 
So for some of us here this morning, maybe God's calling us to make some steps towards giving. We'll look at some practical things just in a moment before we finish. But for others of you, it's maybe taking some steps beyond. C.S. Lewis said this about giving. I've used this quote before, but I love it, so I'm not going to apologise for using it again. He said this, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. In other words, if our expenditure on comforts, luxuries, amusements, etc. is up to the standard common among those with the same income as our own, we are probably giving away too little. Wow. If our giving goes on, if our giving does not at all pinch or hamper us, I should say it is too small. There ought to be things we would like to do but cannot because our commitment to giving excludes them. Oh, challenging stuff, isn't it? Better just go back to Narnia, most of us think. <laughs> but no, that's, what he, that's what he's saying. And actually, there's real truth in that. Finally, on the P's, if you're tracking the, the P's that we were using in 1 Corinthians 16, the last one is purposeful. Because Paul says, when I come, no collections will have to be made because it's, it's there, it's ready, ready to go. And um, it's not something that he would need to appeal for again. But remember, the Bible also talks about giving generously and cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. Are you a cheerful giver? Do you give joyfully and, and cheerfully? So often we can give grudgingly. and God doesn't want us to do that. He calls us to be generous and cheerful in it. Happy in our giving that we get to play a part in what God is doing. Jesus said this in Luke 6, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you, used, it, you use, it will be measured to you. So, as we begin to bring this into land, I'm so aware of the time, there's so much more we could say, but time is against us. What are some practical steps that each of us could take this morning. Well, like I've said, I don't know what people give individually. I just get a report that says we had this much in. It was you know, this much by standing order, this much by cash and check and, and, and so on. So other than, uh, other than us, I, I, I can't tell who gives what regularly. But I do know that many of you do give regularly and generously. And for that, I want to say thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for giving to God. Giving above our worship and giving to him. We need to be careful how we describe it sometimes. We sometimes talk about taking an offering for the church. It's, it's not really for the church, it's for him. Now, in giving it to him, he uses it to, um, to enable the church to function. But actually, it's to him. It's part of our worship. So if you are already giving, thank you for your giving. I don't know how to talk like this and not say that. It's important we say that. Thank you for those of you who give regularly and generously. But maybe you're not in that category yet. Maybe you're thinking, ah, oh, that's something I'd like to grow in. Maybe you don't give, or maybe you just started to give occasionally or to give a little. 
Wherever you are on your giving journey this morning, I want to invite you, maybe even challenge you, to take a step in it. Take a step on in your journey of giving. So if you're not giving at all, I want to encourage you, start to give as part of your worship. As part of your worship to God, start to give. Maybe you're in a position where you, you can, you're saying, but Graham, I just can't, can't get to what I'd like to give. I, I just, because of circumstances and the situation where we're in, I just can't get there. I understand that. And I understand particularly at the moment we're in a cost of living crisis and I'm talking about giving and generosity. Either I'm mad or I'm just reflecting what the Bible says because these are good principles to live by. Even if you can't get to where you would like to be, Take a step. Do something. Don't use the excuse of, I can't get there, so I'm not going to do anything. No, no. Do something. Do something. At least start giving to God. Start giving to Him. Because as you start to do that, it reveals your heart intention. You're saying, Lord, I can't get to where I'd like to be. Lord, I can't get to where I know you want me to be, but I'm going to make a start. I'm going to do something on the way. And over time, you can review that and ask God to help you make some steps forward in that. Maybe you do give, but it's not regular. It's not proportional, and it's perhaps a bit more ad hoc, perhaps. Well, why not commit to regular giving? You know, if, you, if you earn a salary or wage, why not set up a standing order? That helps you to get into a pattern of regular giving. It means you've thought about it, you've prayed about it, you've planned it, you've, you've done something about it. Perhaps you are giving regularly already. Maybe you're going, oh, I've, got, I've got this, I've got this, you know, I'm giving regularly. That's great, well done. Giving to God, that's wonderful. Is, is it proportional to your income? You might want to think, oh, well, I just need to review that. You know, when was the last time you reviewed your giving? Maybe you've had some salary um, bumps since the last time you thought about it. Just have a look at it afresh. Bring it to God. Say, Lord, do I need to review this before you again? And maybe for you, you know, you've got this sewn up. Maybe it's an area of life you're going, Graham, I've nailed this. I'm there. I'm giving regularly. I'm giving generously. You know, I'm tithing and, and, and offering and stuff. I've got this nailed. You know what? <laughs> There's some steps you can take as well. I don't think any of us ever nailed this one completely. God calls us to take some more steps of faith. Maybe God is calling you to increase your giving. Even if you're thinking, oh, I thought I nailed it. But yeah, God can still lead you on. And as you do that, you see, as you give to God, and our primary giving should be to our local church, if you're part of Jubilee this morning, this is what I'm talking about, it means God can release blessing through his local church. That's how it works. Now, yes, you're free to give on top of that and up to other places, of course, but your primary point of giving is to his people, is, is to his body. That's how you're giving to him, but it's through his church. And I will get in trouble if I don't say this. <laughs> if you are a UK taxpayer, 
Please fill out a gift aid form so we can claim the tax back on your gift. It's like extra giving free of charge. Who doesn't like that? So are you giving God your best? In time? In your treasure? <laughs> your money, your finances, your talents, what he's given you, your gifts? Are you giving God your best? Can you take some, or can you take some steps forward this morning? Before we finish, there's one little extra bonus challenge for leaders. So if you're a leader here this morning, and that's a pretty wide definition, friends, as leaders, we are called to serve and love God's people, aren't we? And we're called to lead them forward in something. And one way we do that is by modelling a godly way to live. And so if you are a leader in Jubilee, and that's, like I said, a wide definition. I don't just mean elders, though they're most certainly uh, included, but you know, trustees and life group leaders and kids and youth leaders, if there's any left, they can hear it on the, uh, on the video. I want to ask you particularly, how are you doing in this? Is this an area of life you've got sorted or do you need to grow in it? Could you talk confidently to those in your care, maybe in your small group or, or, or maybe in a youth group, whatever the setting might be where God has called you to lead, could you talk about it confidently and say, yeah, I, I, I'm able to represent this well because uh, God's taken me on a journey. I know that none of us are completely there yet. None of us are perfect in any area of life. We've all got some growing to do. But, you know, if we're going to lead people, we've at least got to be a step or two ahead of them so they know where to go. And that applies to this area as well. So leaders, are you giving generously and regularly? Have you got this area nailed? Or do you need to be coming to God and saying, Lord, would you help me in this? That's not to condemn you. It's to encourage you to live a life of obedience to God so you can see his blessing upon it as you do. And as you do that, you'll help release others in it as well. Now, ultimately, maybe I should have started with this line, God is not after your money. He wants your heart. He knows if he gets your heart, everything else follows. Ultimately, it's a heart issue. God gets your heart, then your wallet or purse follows. <laughs> as does your time and your energy and your, your whole self. Just as we finish, there's one thing I'd like us to, uh, a way we could respond this morning. And uh, I think there's two responses. I'm going to pray as we close in a second. Two responses. Firstly, is I want to encourage you this week to pray and ask God whether he wants to talk to you about your giving and just see what he might say. And then take some steps of obedience in that. Wherever you are on that journey, take some steps forward and trust God and know his blessing and the excitement of giving to him and him blessing you as a result. So I want to encourage you, firstly, do that. Life groups talk about those things this week. But secondly, we've got an opportunity to uh, respond individually and as a church to a particular financial need. 
You'll know our friend Sam and Abby in Cambodia planting a fabulous church in Siem Reap. They have just started a social action project which is working with some children who live around the city dump, which is about 45 minutes outside Siem Reap City. Uh, and they've been getting tuk-tuks to take this, take sort of uh, project workers and kit out there. Tuk-tuk is basically a, a motorbike with a trailer, basically. And you sit on the back of it, a bit rickety, or you throw some stuff on the back of it, pile it high and hope for the best. It really is like that. <laughs> um, what they've now realised is it, it actually isn't sustainable. 45-minute journey, either way, Cambodian roads are not great. You think we've got potholes, you haven't seen anything. So they're thinking, actually, what I need to do is get a vehicle and one that can cope with those, that sort of environment, probably a four by four. So um, I've, encoded, I've actually written on, on their behalf to, to churches and individuals that support them and said, could you help us raise $10,000 for them to buy a four by four? Well, not in their normal budget. This is not what it was expected, but just the project that's opened up and the needs have been, actually, but I need a vehicle now. They've been there for a number of years and haven't had one, but now I think they really do. And so I've written on their behalf to churches and individuals that are supporting them and interested in working in the nation. Say, so could you help us raise $10,000? So my question to us this morning uh, as Jubilee is, could we help in that? Could we help and be part of that? So there's two ways you can respond. I'll put some details on Community Loop uh, this week so you can respond online. Or if you wanted to give this morning with a credit or debit card, then uh, the machine is going to appear at the back. It's hidden away at the moment. But Joe, if you could get that back out for me, uh, please, that would be great. And it will be there at the back. And if you wanted to give into that, then any gifts that go in there this morning we'll pass on to Sam and Abby towards their, their car fund. Okay, that makes sense? So two ways to respond this morning, friends. Firstly, get before God, pray, ask him what your response is. Secondly, if you want to respond particularly to that need, there's a way you can do that. Should we pray? And then it's time for a coffee. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are good. And we thank you, Lord God, that you have provided everything we see around us. Lord, we recognise and say again this morning, it's all yours. You've given, us, given it to us on loan for a season, for a while. And so we want to pray this morning that we will be good stewards of what you've given us, that we will be generous in our heart. And Lord, help us to be those who give with great joy and hilarity and get to see the blessing that provides to so many and gets to see your blessing upon our lives as a result. So Lord, we pray that we'll be known as a generous church. Uh, I pray, God, that we'll be a generous people. Uh, and Father, I pray that you bless us in this area. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.